Hello and welcome to episode 10 of the Downstream podcast. My name's John Stinson. It's my pleasure to introduce you to Lindsay Barn, who comes under my spiritual motivator banner. Lindsay describes himself as a trans-emotional healer. He has had a background in corporate life, but decided to make a change. And it's the reason why and how he made that change that I'm interested in and that I want to find out about. You see, I believe that I'm at a similar junction myself, having worked in corporate or medium-sized businesses for years. Yet I wonder if it's really my path. But, well, the bills still have to be paid. But I do wonder if that's some sort of limiting belief. So, following on from conversations with uh, Bernard Alvarez and Curry Wilson, I wonder if I could become a sort of spiritual activist. But I, I realise I'd need to get over so many sort of fear-based hurdles first, just to see if that was really me, or whether that's just a reflection of my current inner angst. So what about healing people? How does that work? Well, let's find out more from Lindsay. Lindsay, welcome to the Downstream podcast. Thank you very much indeed for taking the time to uh, to to, uh, to join us this evening. Um, uh, so h- how are you feeling? How's it been this week? Yeah, um, it's been a good week. And uh, I, just to start off with, thank you very much for inviting me, uh, John. And it's a pleasure to uh, to talk with you. Um, but yeah, this week's been a good week. So feeling good Excellent. and looking forward to this conversation. Great. Well, you're very welcome. And, uh, and I really wanted to st- start off with... Um, the sort of work that you do and because um, uh, I, I was uh, lucky enough to come to a workshop that you were co-hosting last Sunday and one of the things that uh, you mentioned there and that I have, have seen in some of the literature around uh, on your website and so on is that something that you call trans-emotional healing uh, and that you describe yourself as a trans-emotional uh, healer and I, I wonder what that was. Okay, well, well, trans-emotional healing, it's actually trans-emotional healing and coaching. And it's, it's kind of what, what my work has evolved into, John, over time. Um, I've, uh, my story really goes back quite a while when I first discovered, um, if you like, I first got on my spiritual path, which would be right back in um, 99 and 2000. Okay, well, yeah, and, please, let her, uh, yeah, yeah, please do tell us um, how it all began. Okay, well, in terms of this work that I do now, I, I was working in the city at the time, um, and I was working in sales and marketing, but I was selling into the finance sector. It was a very high-pressure, high stressful job, and I became very stressed, working all the hours God sends. I was living out of London, so doing a lot of commuting and traveling, mm-hmm. and I just didn't know what to do with life. I wanted to try and find some kind of peace in my life, right, and yeah. um, things like going to the doctors and getting pills and counselling work just didn't resonate with me at all. I did try them to see if it would help me a little bit, but it it just didn't work. And a very good friend of mine um, suggested I go for a Reiki session with this lady, um, Karen. So I thought, well, I'll try anything once. And I kind of always had a knowing and understanding that there was something other than just this physical world that we live in, this life that we have. I've always felt there was something bigger and greater. And so I went along for a Reiki session, and to be honest, John, it it was life-changing in that I went in for a 45-minute session, and two and a half hours later, came out having fallen on the floor in tears with emotions overflowing and all kinds of things releasing and moving. 
Um, so I went for a few more sessions to get myself through my stressful situation, which it did within about half a dozen sessions. Well, that must have been, going back to that first session, that must have been, well, quite a shocking experience in some ways. How did you feel after the, I mean, I expect also very unexpected. I think, I guess when you went there, you were just expecting, well, perhaps didn't know quite what to expect, but certainly weren't expecting to be uh, on the floor in tears. Um, so, so, so tell me about how you've, how that how you initially felt after that first session um uh being a sort of a city boy so pinstripe suit and all that kind of stuff is 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 where i come from in 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 my job um i'd always been quite stiff up a lip with everything um but this kind of um disarmed me a little bit if you like emotionally um but it didn't feel bad it actually felt fantastic and i felt lighter i felt liberated I felt like just a massive weight had been lifted off my shoulders. So whilst it was very, very different, um, John, it was absolutely fantastic. It was a fabulous feeling. And when I drove home from the session that, uh, in the afternoon, it was like the world was a, was a, a brighter and more colourful place. Wow, that's fantastic. So it was, it, was, it, was, it was a very profound session that we had. Um, the ones following that weren't quite so profound, but they were incredibly healing for yeah. me. Yeah. No, I can, I can relate to, um, to that feeling of the world being a brighter place after a, a particular event. So, um, so, uh, and then your further sessions, and I wonder if, did you then sort of uh, expect your working life to improve because of that? Or, or, or did you have some kind of inner knowledge that you were always going to have to move away from that? At that point, um, I didn't have that inner feeling to move away. I still, if, if you like, the, the feeling that something bigger was out there was reinforced, but I felt I needed to stay in the city and continue working, earning the money and, and having the lifestyle, if you like. Yeah. Um, however, um, after the half a dozen sessions kind of straightened me out, it did help me enormously at work. I became very calm. I became... I became a lot less stressed by the situations I found myself in at work and I didn't bow to the pressure of the work or of the people at work. So it was it was a big shift for me, um, John. It changed it dramatically. Um, but what I did after that was I decided that the sessions had been so good that I decided to train in Reiki and learn all about it. Right, okay. And, and so I went on to do Reiki 1, Reiki 2, Reiki Master and Reiki Master Teacher. Yeah. Um, and if you like, the more of that I experienced and the more I um, felt better from it, the more I wanted. And so I, I, I almost became a workshop junkie, I think, as we were known back in those days. <laughs> there may be some listeners that, that, um, that don't know much about Reiki. Could you sort of... I don't know. Sum up in a few sentences the differences between Reiki one, two, and and and, master, and being a master. Certainly, I mean, I mean, Reiki is um, is working with our energy. It's working. It's universal life. <clears throat> universal life force is what Reiki is Japanese. It stands for. So, um, it is working with the energy field within and around and through the body. And what we're doing with it is balancing it and clearing blockages. It's a bit like your blood vessels. If they get a bit blocked up. You, you suffer you suffer pain, you can suffer all kinds of physical problems. And the energy is the same. If your energy isn't flowing through and around your body, um, then we will feel emotionally imbalanced um, and out of sorts. And so Reiki balances all that back up. And when you go and do Reiki 1, it basically teaches you 
and enables you to be able to work on yourself right. uh, and to give yourself basic Reiki treatments and friends and family as well. When you move to Reiki 2, you move up to what they call practitioner level. So you're in a position there where you can actually offer it to other people. And, and how do you give the treatments? What, what is it that you, you do? Um, it's hands-on healing as such. In other words, you are channeling the Reiki energy from the universe through your body and out through your hands. And I was taught hands-off, so I don't touch the body at all when I do my work. Mm -hmm. but some people do um, uh, physically touch the body to have the contact. And basically you channel the energy and you follow your instincts in a way, although you're taught a series of hand positions which uh, form a structure of a, a whole series all through the, the session. Um, and it's about balancing and clearing the energy. Okay. So, um, so sorry, Miss, uh, Mr. Reiki 2, what Reiki 2 is. So Reiki, Reiki 1 was um, sort of yourself and family and friends. Yeah, and Reiki 2 lifts you to what they call a practitioner level. So you can... Um, take yourself you can t you can set yourself up as a Reiki pack practitioner basically and you can work with other people okay um, and it, it, it basically raises your vibration beyond Reiki one as well so as you go through the different levels you're raising your vibrational level um, which is they say that the difference between Reiki one and Reiki two is about eight four times stronger in reiki 2 than it is in reiki 1 and when you go to reiki master the higher level you're raising it by another 16 so right. it really is increasing your power and, and ability to to help people right okay and i'm just i'm interested did you ever feel that when you were going up the, the, the oh, between level one two and uh... ab absolutely um yes um most definitely in fact um, just an interesting story. I, when you do your Reiki um, attunements, um, you go through a detoxing. Is that um, attunements is to take you between one level and the next? Is that's correct. That right? Yeah. So it's, it's, your attunement is taking your Reiki one basically. So it's done over two days, and um, three days before that, um, you are um, invited to go through a detoxing process where you are coming off tea, coffee, alcohol, oh, red right. meat, so that you can just purify your your, your body a little bit more. And um, I'd always been one of those guys that I guess this is the London life, maybe, but I'd always got a, a fridge full of Stella right. so that I could have a beer or two when I got home at night. Yes, it's remember, often needed, I should imagine, after a commute. Yeah. <laughs> An absolute requirement in those days. Um, but um, I think, I, I think um, I'd just done the, the, the sort of the Dover to Calais run and filled my car up with cheap booze from Calais a couple of weeks before doing the attunement. And... Um, did the detox, did the attunement, came home on the Sunday night and did my usual habitual walk to the fridge, open the door and take out a beer. And I opened the fridge door, looked at the beer, John, and thought, nah, don't want any more of that, thank you very much. And that was, that was 14, 15 years ago, and I've not touched it since. Wow, that is amazing. Um, and it, it, I don't know what it was, whether it was just the fact that it, it got me to where I needed to be or whether it purifies you. I think some people think that's a bit a bit woo woo and a bit spooky do but maybe yeah. that's what's happened i don't know but i feel better for it um and i feel better for not drinking anymore i can drink alcohol um but it doesn't like me so um right i've heard that before uh, with someone else as well actually that they're, they're now physically sick mm. um not that they you know it's not that they're allergic or anything it's uh it just seems to disagree now yeah, no, absolutely. It's it's just yeah, something I can't I can't 
can't um, handle anymore. So, so yeah, that was an interesting occurrence. So yes, clearly from that, that suggested to me that my vibration had been raised, and that I was being moved forward in some way in, onto a, a path of um, um, some kind of spiritual path. Yeah, I find that very interesting because certainly within myself, I still enjoy a beer and a glass of wine, perhaps um, a little off, more often than than is um, as the, the doctors advise. Yeah, uh, and it's in the back of my mind. There's always this, you, you know, you really should, you don't need it. And I think hearing hearing you tell tell that um, uh, that experience of yours it again continues to reinforce that uh, inner feeling I've got that I. Um, it's uh, it would be a good idea to uh, to leave it alone. Yeah, I mean, I I, I I I I like Guinness. I do like the taste of Guinness, but ask anybody that knows me. Me after a can of Guinness at home is a bit of a joke because I get very giggly and silly. <laughs> um, so I'm a very cheap date. <laughs> and but just from that, John, I get the hangover from hell the next day. So yeah. it just doesn't agree with me anymore. Right. Yeah. Okay. So you, so from the um, from that you, you realised there was there was definitely more to this. There was a, a spiritual path, and, and and is that what sort of um, as you were saying earlier um, led you on a sort of workshop workshop uh, junkie path? Yeah, it, it was a, it was without doubt a catalyst. Um, I mean, I went on to 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 do spiritual healing. I went on to do past life regression therapy. I went on to do well lots of meditation and meditative practices. Mm-hmm. I went on to do. Um, uh, tai Chi, Qigong. I went on to do NLP, uh, which is neuro linguistic programming, um, hypnosis, timeline therapy. I did lots of stuff and became qualified in an awful lot of them um, whilst still working um, down right. in the city. And, and is that partly because that's the sort of person you are, in the sense that you you uh, you have this sort of insatiable sort of drive, and and uh, and, it, and what you know sort of mirrored perhaps your. Um, your other working life, uh, you were mirroring that with this sort of drive to get as many things um, under your belt, or, or was it, or was there something else there that that uh, uh, led you to do all these uh, different classes? No, I, I think there was something else, John, and I think that something else was peace. Right. Uh, I was I was searching for something, uh, and Reiki, the, the Reiki um, session, and and the and the subsequent workshops and um, things I, I did were really all my search for something which was, I didn't know what it was at the time, but it was something I was looking for to give me some kind of peace in life. And, and don't get me wrong, I had a great life because working in the city, I was earning fantastic money. I had nice house, nice cars, everything. Life was fantastic on the outside. Yeah. But there was something inside me that just wasn't right. There was a dissatisfaction within me that you know, I I could have I could have had the biggest house, a, a collection of Ferraris in the garage. That dissatisfaction would still have been there. Yeah, and and I didn't know what it was, and so I was in search of satisfaction of that in some way, and and I was going down the spiritual route because I felt that was the the way I had to go to find it. So every time I discovered something new whether it was past life regression therapy or whether it was nlp or hypnosis i felt that was going to be the new messiah almost for me to find my way to where i need to be and and then and looking back on that how does it how does that feel now what well it feels absolutely right john because what i realize is that actually you know it is about the journey and i know that's a cliche but it is about our journey and there is no there is no moment where we just suddenly find something, wake up the next morning, and life is has just jumped you know 
20 years forward. It, it, it takes all those experiences and all those feelings and all that experience to actually grow and to open us up and for us to realize mm -hmm. exactly what it's all about and what this, this life is about and what it is for me. Um, and also, I think, to discover who I am. That was the, the, the search as well as who is Lindsay and what does Lindsay do? Why is he here on, on this planet? What am I doing selling print management solutions in the city to bankers and all the rest of the stuff when there's other stuff out there that makes me a lot happier? Right. Um, yeah. so, so, I, I don't, I doubt you're alone with those, those thoughts at the moment. Yeah. Well, I, no, I, yeah. I absolutely, I absolutely know I'm not because I know that when I started to get on the journey and I started to settle down and become more peaceful and become more calm about life, um, you know, results, my sales results went up, things oh, really? got better okay. because I was, I, I wasn't coming from a place of fear or stress. I was coming from a place of actually, I'm really, I'm, I'm, I'm becoming, I'm starting to feel really happy inside. Yeah. So oh, it, yes. it did help, but it never made it a hundred percent. There was always something just missing, something yeah. not quite right. Yes, and I find that fascinating that everything got better, but it still wasn't right. Uh, and I and I can totally understand that. Yeah. Uh, and I think that was I, I, what what impresses me. I think Lindsay is that um, you you weren't you, you you know you didn't want to stop there um, by saying well things are at least better or you know I'll, I'll just crack on you didn't let that lie so so tell me more about how you you know sort of um going through these different uh, uh, uh sort of the spiritual healing uh, timeline therapy all, all these different workshops and, and and as you i think you were saying actually got um accredited or, or um uh, yeah I, I i mean i became qualified in in pretty much everything i did um as I say, I think I was expecting everything to be my savior, if you like, to be yeah. this 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 thing that was going to save me and put me on the path of prosperity and happiness, um, you know, together rather than just the prosperity and not the happiness. Yeah. Um, um, but it was interesting, John, because it, it kind of didn't work out quite that easily. And it would be about nine years ago that um, I was feeling... Um, I'd started to change jobs a lot, so I was becoming more dissatisfied in the city um, and wasn't finding the inner happiness. And one day I remember being on holiday up in Scotland um, with my wife and I was on the side of a hill, um, Ben Laura it was actually, just north of Oban. And I, I got my Blackberry out and I'd got a signal and I thought, that's a bit weird, Scotland and, and Blackberry and getting a signal. So I thought that was a sign for me to make a phone call to my boss. So I organized a meeting for when I got back into London on the Monday. And I went back um, on the Monday and at 9.30, I handed my notice in. Because I was just, I didn't know what to do, but I did know I was unhappy doing this. So I thought I need to get rid of it. At this point, life was good financially for me. And I could afford to stop work for maybe six months or 12 months to take a bit of a sabbatical and find out what I wanted to do. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I did. Um, and I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do. Um, but I, I had a, a phone call in the January of the following year, this would be 2008, um, which was from someone um, basically saying that they weren't very well. And consequently, um, the time off was taken up helping someone through cancer. Oh, crikey. Okay. Um, and um, well, actually, the, the, this person was my daughter, and she'd been um, diagnosed with terminal cancer and got a couple of years to go. So 
um, this was a bit of a shock to the system, as you can imagine. And so I decided I was going to throw all my energy, all my experience of Reiki, healing, everything that I've done, I was going to help um, to try and help my daughter to get over this. And so that's the work I did for the next six months. Unfortunately, um, it didn't work um, for her. And I found myself um, in the July of 2008 um, sitting by her bedside while she, she, was, she was very, very poorly and things hadn't gone well. So we were losing her faster than we thought. And um, the doctors gave her a day or two to live. So I went to the hospital where she was and um, stayed with her. Um, and did she liked music, a bit like myself. She liked music. And so I was just spending time with her playing music and, and talking, albeit she was in a basic coma state. Yeah. And um, this went on for about five days. And the doctors were a bit amazed that she was hanging on for so long. But I was getting tired. So um, one day, John, what I um, and if you're OK with me telling this story, because this is quite relevant to why I do what I do. Yes, thank what, you for, for being so open as well. Thank you. Um, and um, she'd been in a coma for five days, just laid on a bed, didn't move. And I was getting tired. So I said to her that on that evening I was going to leave at seven o'clock, go home and get some sleep because I'd just been sleeping in the, the wing back chairs by the side of the bed. And um, she kind of, we'd got a blinking sort of um, thing going so that we could communicate, and she blinked to say she understood. So um, at quarter to seven that evening, I stood by her bedside and just said, her name was Trish, and I just said, Trish, that's, you know, it's coming up to seven, so I'm getting ready to go now. And as soon as I said that, John, she opened her eyes, and she raised her arm for me to hold her hand. And as she opened her eyes, she began to cry, and she looked into my eyes and I looked into her eyes and we were both just crying. But we didn't see each other physically, John, and we were where we connected. We weren't in the room. We weren't in the hospital. We weren't, I don't even think, in this time, in this dimension, because we went to a place which was, I can't explain it. Words aren't big enough, I don't think, to explain the, the, the connection that we shared. But it was without doubt a soul connection, pure spirit. Um, it was the most peaceful experience I'd ever had in my life, the most calm, the most serene and absolutely joyous, hugely happy. Uh, and, and this wasn't, um, as I say, in the room. This was in this this place that we'd, we'd found between us. And the most the most overriding feeling was one of love. Yeah. And what we did in a very short space of time, we experienced well, I certainly experienced our lives together. Um, lots of things, lots of things happening, lots of things going on, lots of communication, lots of understanding. And it all happened. Uh, it felt like it was lifetimes that we were experiencing together. Um, and really, in real terms, I think it was only about 20 or 30 seconds that this in physical life happened for. And um, at the end of it, the one thing that my daughter was had been struggling with um, was loving herself enough to be able to find a partner. Um, it's work that I'd been doing with her um, through my Reiki and energy work. Yeah. And um, it was, it, I don't know what the feeling was, John, but she just kind of communicated to me almost telepathically or however you'd like to, to explain it, um, that she got it. She understood it. She understood what it was all about. She understood life. She understood what love was and how to love herself. Um, and with that, she then physically spoke to me and just said, thank you, Dad, I love you, goodbye. 
she closed her eyes, didn't pass away, and just let her arm go down. And the doctors couldn't explain it. Nobody really could. But at seven o'clock that night, I kissed her goodbye and left and came home. And when I got home a couple of hours later, I was only in 10 minutes and the phone went and it was the hospital to say that her breathing had changed and that she was she was on her way. Um, did I want to come down? I said, no, it's fine. We've said our goodbyes. We've done what we needed to do. And she passed away very, very peacefully. Um, and following that, John, um, I, I went to a very bad place after that for about a year or two. And I can imagine. Lost faith in the universe and absolutely everything. Um, it it's, it's funny, I was about to say, it, it, because of work, what you do now, you obviously didn't lose your faith, but, but that's not the case. You, you did, um, because it, was it a feeling that you, you weren't able to save your daughter? Was, was that, that the sort of feeling? Yeah, it, it was, um, you know, um, universe, if you're, ever, if you're everything you cracked up to be and, um, and you love me and you love my daughter and all the rest of it, please help me save her. Um, and it didn't. But obviously, you know, ultimately, John, that was her journey and this is my journey. So we're on separate paths. And that was my desire for her to come back from that. Yeah. Um, but I went to a very dark place for about a year or two and managed to claw my way back from that. But I, I was a different person. Um, didn't work um, for a while either. Just felt I couldn't. And when I did come back, um, my wife of about 25 odd years um, couldn't put up with me anymore. So she left. Um, and all of a sudden, my life was so different to what it had been a few years ago. Oh, and from yeah. what actually was a very good life, exploring my spiritual path, um, you know, with pr prosperity and abundance to a life now that was just seemed to be falling apart. And when she finally left, um, it, it was that action really that um, pushed me to the point of just saying again, what do I do in life? Why am I here? Mm -hmm. And I'd gone back to corporate life because that's all I knew. That's how I knew to earn a living. Uh, but once again, I found myself, this would be four years ago now, three and a half, four years ago, I found myself in a place where I was unhappy um, on the inside and things that had been um, very dear to me and close to me had all been stripped away. So I decided, okay, I don't like the corporate life, so I left it again and decided to go into healing. So I set myself up for the first time as a, as a, a healing practitioner, yeah. doing energy healing, which was a combination of Reiki, holistic healing, spiritual healing, everything that I'd learned over the years, and started to build a practice. And what happened with that um, healing energy was it, it, it kind of – transformed itself if you like into trans emotional healing and coaching because then the nlp kicked in timeline therapy started to come in um it changed the sort of healing that i was doing and so what it's turned out to evolve itself into and it's still kind of evolving john is it's about um that moment with my daughter and that's why I wanted to take a bit of time to explain it to you, because that moment with my daughter, that feeling of inner peace, of absolute pure love, self-love, inner happiness was so it was just so fantastic that I thought if I can get other people to just experience a glimpse of that through the work that I can do with them, then that will help people find their own path and set them maybe on the path of of going within themselves. Um, I mean, I always say, if you don't go within, you go without. That's kind of been my mantra for quite a while. 
And that's very much what trans-emotional healing and coaching has become. It's taking people and helping people on their own inner journey to find their own inner peace and inner happiness so that they can experience self-love, self-worth and self-esteem. So it's powerful work. Absolutely. So the, um, I, I, it sounds, sounds one of the things that strikes me about from the story that you, you've, uh, from what you've just told me, is that that having experienced that moment, those moments with your daughter, even though you were then went through a, a very dark time, that I, I assume, I, I, I'm guessing that that gave you something to hold on to at those moments. Yes, it, it, uh, uh, yes, it did. It, it did, and and it it was only until well, it wasn't until a couple of years ago that I realised the gift that my daughter had shared with me. Mm. Um, you know, and and it was just that for me was the tipping point as well in saying right, okay, I can no longer waste my life trying to earn money just for the sake of it. This is about. It's not about just service, giving service to other people, but it's about helping. It's about putting something back. And it's about me standing up and, and being Lindsay and being counted for, for, for what I can do within the world, um, whatever that is. And, and this trans-emotional healing and coaching or inspiring transformation and change within people is, is if you like, the route that I have found naturally to help people help themselves because again i don't i you know none of us can heal someone else all we can do is help them heal themselves yeah uh, and so yeah every day i'm reminded of that when i do the work because that moment with my daughter was so profound yeah so deep that you know that will live with me forever um and was my if i ever wanted more positive proof well you couldn't you couldn't find it that was absolute positive proof that there is something bigger out there. There is something greater. And we are all part of the same thing. This universal life force, this energy that goes through us all. We're all, we're all connected. We're all part of it. Yes. And of course, like, uh, that must fuel your, um, uh, uh, your work with, with uh, clients these days. Because, of course, you've experienced that. You know that. Yes, uh, absolutely. Deep inside. So it's a, it's a case of guiding them towards that realization also i guess it is and 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 actually the again through all the work and through everything that i've done it, it's not such a difficult process as we might like to think it is so the process actually of finding that of understanding what it's all about and where we come from is is actually relatively simple and i think in today's world it's very much overcomplicated. so okay because so, so what do you think the difficult bit might be then I think it's our, it's our um, if you like, teaching through life, um, John, because when we're born, we're born perfect. You know, we, are, we, yeah. we pop out and we're a perfect soul. We're a perfect being. We're curious. We want to know about everything. But through our life, you know, through our, our sort of younger years, we're told you can't do that. You can't do this. Don't do that. You'll never grow up to be much. You'll never have much money. We're given limited beliefs on a regular basis all through our lives. And we're expected to follow a specific path in life, which is getting jobs, working for a living, nine to five. And, and, you know, I was brought up through all of that and my parents were doing the best they could with me. And they did a wonderful job because I actually had a, a very blessed childhood. It was beautiful. But I wasn't really I don't know if I was really prepared for what life really is. 
which which is yeah. as a, you know uh, i mean and again i i'm very much of the school that that we are you know we are a, a, a physical being uh, or sorry we're a spiritual being having a physical experience or having a human experience so um that was never taught to me until only a few years ago did i fully get that and understand it yeah no and i love that phrase if you don't go within you go without how, how did that come about was because uh, was that just something that came to you or, or was that like a brainstorm or, or um, it's a great for a, a great um sentence it is um i'd love to say i take credit for it <laughs> <laughs> But actually, I mean, one of my other things that I do is I'm a musician as well. And I, I was a professional musician for about for several years before I did all the corporate work. Right. Okay. And I was a drummer. Um, some might say not a musician, but a drummer. But I was a drummer <laughs> all those years ago. And That's I, harsh, isn't it? I remember reading a drumming magazine. And if you remember, do you remember Prince of the Revolution? Oh, yes. And Prince, Prince's drummer and percussionist was Sheila E. Yeah, yeah. And Sheila E was being interviewed in Drummer magazine. And she, I didn't realise, was incredibly spiritual. And she used that phrase then. And uh, it stuck okay. with me. And this is 25 years ago that I read that, that I read this article. So it's a long time ago. But if, if you don't go within, you go without, has stuck with me. So the seeds were sown all the way all the way back then. Oh, gosh, yes, definitely. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a great phrase. And, and to me, that is the essence of it all. Because where I was always looking for happiness when I was in corporate life, John, was outside. It was going to earn more money, buy a bigger house, buy a nicer phone, buy a better car, buy a new motorbike. And that was going to make me happy, but none of it ever did. It was short term. It would make you happy for a week or two, but then you get bored with it. And is that part of what you mean by living life externally? Yes. Um, when you live from within, if you live from the inside out and you're living from your heart and you're creating your life from inside, then it's a different life altogether. Because when you're happy inside, money isn't the driver. Um, material objects aren't the driver. The driver is coming from within you. And that changes everything. It really does change everything. And, and that's for me, is the transformation for people. When they get that and when they live from within themselves, then that changes everything in their life. And there's a great saying that I like to use with my clients, that when transformation happens at that level, then nothing changes, but everything is different. Yeah. And, and the reason I say that is because nothing outside of you will change. The, the, you know, the grass doesn't turn a different color. Nothing changes. Your house doesn't change. Your car doesn't change. Nothing outside you changes. But because your perception of it is different, everything is different. Yes, because yeah. you're looking at it from a different place. Yeah, I can, I can really relate to that personally that, uh, upon, on, on my journey that uh, um, although I feel I've got some way to, to go, I can, I can start to feel that change, even though that it's, there's nothing different. It's, mm. uh, but everything seems quite uh, quite different. Yeah. Um, so, the uh, you mentioned about uh, you're, you're a professional musician. So, so how is do you, how do you use? Um, I mean, obviously, I, I came to your workshop recently, so I, I know that um, you use music as part of your um, uh, teaching. But I, but I wonder um, how how you decided to use music and um and and how you use it within your uh with your work that's that that's a lovely question um because uh, being a drummer i was actually mostly in rock bands so right. it's all a bit angsty loud and angry music um 
which was great to play and a great release. And I, I would recommend to anybody that wants to, to, to learn an instrument, drums are actually a brilliant instrument to play in terms of expression. Yeah. Um, well, it, it, I took up piano about 12 odd years ago because I wanted to get into, into more music and recording. I was starting to feel like I could write music. So I took up piano and I started to play piano a lot. Um, but music, um, I dipped in and out of it through my corporate life. And certainly um, when, when the, the business was going on with my daughter, I kind of dipped right out of playing or, or recording or doing anything with music. And when I got on this path, I've always felt that music would be a part of it, but never quite understood how I could fit the music I'd been playing into, into if you like, the new age age genre of, of, of the music um, um, scene. So, right. Um, sort of banging around on drums, but perhaps yeah. Didn't, yeah, didn't quite uh, fit and in I, with the... Uh, yeah, I mean, the... I, I do do my own meditation CDs and everything else that, that are on my website, and I do the, the, the music to those, but it's all a bit sort of tinkly-tonkly music. It's very, very sweet, very simple, um, and, and that's not the kind of music that really kind of floats my boat, if you like, in terms of playing. Um, and it would have been um, about... Five months ago, I went to a workshop with someone um, and they had a thing called a phase drum. And a phase drum was, um, it's a, a musical instrument. And they used it in this workshop to aid connection and healing. And I went and had a play with it at lunchtime uh, when we broke for lunch at the workshop. John and I absolutely fell in love with it because it combined musicality and percussion because you hit it with mallets. And I just thought, what a lovely instrument. So I I went and got one. I ordered one. It came about three weeks later and I started to play it. And it's opened up for me a completely new avenue of work for me um, in terms of it's now combining music and healing. Okay, well, I didn't realise because because I can totally understand that. But having experienced it on last Sunday, um, and 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 got again in the tea break, just got a chance to to, to have a go. It was magical, uh, and and I, I I think I got home and started to trawl the internet to see how much one would be. So I I totally understand that. <laughs> but I didn't realise it was actually quite a recent thing from your point of view uh, as to. That getting that connection between your your musical ability and the the, uh, the healing ability because I'm sure for me and I, and I think I was said to you uh, previously that um, I started starting to come down with a quite a nasty cold and was starting to feel quite rubbish. I, I listened to the um, the CD of the of the phase drum music and the next morning and I did that at night before I went to sleep and the next morning I felt fine. Yeah. Well, it's the, the one I'm using is tuned to what they call the solfeggio scale, which is an ancient scale over a thousand years old and is the scale that was used by um, uh, monks back in the day when Gregorian chants were coming out. And these were all done around frequencies and these frequencies were known to have healing properties. Um, and bearing in mind that if, if we if we examine what we are and how we are, we are all energy um, energy is just a frequency and it's a vibration so therefore when we work with vibrations it helps go inside our body and actually help them help the body repair mm-hmm. right um, so it can bring harmony to um, or it can repair the body but it can also bring harmony to the mind body and spirit you know the different levels so I found it hugely powerful when I just played it a few times and I, I I've taken to it like a duck to water if you'll excuse the pun but it's it just 
I, I find that the the vibrations that it creates has quite profound effects for a lot of people. I've used it in um, groups that I do and workshops that I do, and I've been quite staggered by the the the, the depth of some of the releases that have gone on for people where they've released old emotions, old stuck emotions. Um, so yeah, I've, I've, I've been, I've been absolutely amazed at, at um, how effective it is being for people and for myself, because I use it for myself personally. Yes. Yeah. And, and um, do, do you, I think you, you get you, I think from what you're saying on Sunday that you, you get into a particular sort of state as it were to play it. Would that be fair to say? Um, for me personally? Yes. Um, as long as I'm relaxed, I'm fine. So it's it. I do like to do a little bit of a meditation before I start to play it, just so that I can be fully relaxed, grounded, and and open to receive the the vibrations. Right, and and you you kindly uh, agreed to sort of bring one along this evening, as it were. Uh, would you be kind enough just to um, uh, perhaps give us a, about a minute's worth, so just so the listeners can hear what what we're sort of you know firsthand what we're talking about? Of course. Okay, here goes. Wow, that was fabulous! Thank you so much. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely wonderful. Yeah, no, I um, that was just lovely, lovely to to listen to that, and and it's made me think. It's, it's um, later on this evening, I shall um, uh, listen to it again. <laughs> the the the, uh, the CD that is absolutely brilliant. Thank you indeed for that. Um, you're very you're very welcome, and and it is it is such a beautiful instrument. I mean, when I start to play it, and you say just do about a minute or so, I kind of want to go on <laughs> i did wonder i thought will, will you get carried away i thought <laughs> <laughs> um, be very disciplined uh, so thank you for that I, I i think my last question is really that um the, the different strands of uh of the sort of different therapies that you you bring bring together that you work with now and, and now added to that uh, your uh, the musical ability do you have an idea of where this is leading and what's next, or is it very much whatever happens? 
Um, I think that that's a big shift for me, John, because I've always wanted to know what's around the corner, especially with corporate life. You know, you're always planning. You're always wanting to know where business is coming from, what's going on, where you're going with things. But actually, for the first time in my life, I find myself in a place where I'm I have an idea where I'd like it to go. Yeah. But actually, I'm very open to it it, it, it it helping itself evolve and allowing it to to grow into what it needs to grow into. So I've become very open to um, ideas and new ways. Yeah. So where would you like it to go? Oh, um, that's a really good question. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm loving doing my coaching and healing work one to one with clients. And I think I would I, I very much want that to continue and for that to grow without bringing music necessarily into those kind of sessions. Yeah. Musically, um, that is a different and a separate strand for me at the moment. And I'm next year, I'm, I'm going to be doing some sound baths and some sound healing sessions and want to do more workshops with sound and expand that and start to move it into different instruments as well. Okay. So I'm I'm also very keen at this moment to bring my drumming ex- experience, if you like, into what I do because I do have drums. I have frame drums and all kinds of different drums, and um, I've not used those for some reason, which seems a bit bizarre, having been a drummer for well forty plus years or whatever. And I, that, to me, is starting to open the door for me, which before in my mind was closed, but now it's very open. Oh, well, lovely to that. That can, you're looking to bring that in again. That's that's. Uh, I think that's fabulous. Well, uh, it's the, this... a huge passion for me, John. Music is a massive passion, and this is the, the phase drum is something that has allowed me to, if you like, almost knit together the healing work and sound and bring everything into one. Mm, yeah, oh, that's brilliant. Well, I, I'm going to leave it there. Um, uh, so thank you very much indeed for uh, once again taking the time to come on to the Downstream podcast. And if um, people would like to know more about you, where would they? Where's the best place for them uh, to go to find out? Uh, the best place is my website, which is lindsaybarn.com. Um, I'm on Facebook or, and Twitter, although I must confess to being a bit old-fashioned and not being that good with those at the moment. But okay. I'm I'm trying and learning. Uh, but the website is probably the best place to go to, which is just www.lindsaybarn.com. Okay, great. And how do you spell Lindsay? It's L-I-N-D-S-A-Y-B-A-R-N.com. Okay. Fantastic. Lindsay, thank you very much indeed. You're very welcome. Thank you, John. That was Lindsay Barn. I am honoured that he chose to be so open and so honest. His recounting of his experience with his daughter was very powerful, and I'm sure you will agree, quite emotional. I could feel the tears welling up in my eyes, both during the interview and actually when I listened back to it. It will inspire me to continue to be more open with my feelings, and not clam up, which is something I can be quite guilty of. I thought it was interesting that Lindsay had his initial breakthrough with Reiki, was Reiki something I did years ago and was starting to practice, but well, I could never really embrace it fully because I didn't believe that people would pill, sort of pay real money for it. So I felt a bit of a fraud asking people for money for air. So it never really took off. However, I stopped using it on myself. So I think I'm going to start working with it again. 
Another element of Lindsay's story that was fascinating was that by controlling his fear with Reiki, that he got better results at work and felt better, but still knew that it wasn't what he wanted. And so he continued his spiritual search, giving up his job at one point on the phone, on a whim of a phone call by getting some signal in Scotland. And the phase drum, uh, absolutely wonderful. Uh, the, the recording probably doesn't give it justice, but it is a magical instrument and uh, can really take you away. So lastly, uh, his phrase who origin- that originated from Sheilari of all people. So if you don't go within, you go without. And with that, I'll see you on the next podcast. Be well. Thank you.